I've always been intrigued by the stories of people in the jewelry industry who make these items, what inspires them and brings them to this world. I'm here to share their stories. This is A Thousand Facets. Every year, I wait for Goldsmith Fair like a kid anxiously waiting for Christmas. This fabulous annual show selects a group of talented artists that resides in the UK and for two weeks celebrates the craftsmanship of gold and silversmith. To say that is the highlight of my year is an understatement. I picked 10 artists from both weeks to interview and we discussed one piece of their collection. As a disclaimer, the Goldsmith Fair does not pay me to visit them. I save my money every year to see the artists work in person. I hope you enjoy the conversation as much as I enjoy making them. Um, can you tell our listeners your name? MFA Cole. Hi, MFA. How's the show going? It's been fantastic. Yeah, um, meeting people, um, also people able to being able to pick up the pieces, feel the weight of it, um, the textures. So yeah, it's been quite nice. Yeah, I, one of the things that I love your pieces is that they're very powerful. They're very, they're a statement. They're a power. Can you tell me a little bit about your inspiration? So my inspiration mainly uh, comes from nature, particularly the um, elemental forces. So um, things that we can't control: um, volcanoes, earthquakes, erosion. Uh, just nature in general, the um, power of destruction and the, the beauty in renewal through destruction and that sort of um, just that real powerful uh, force of nature. I, I, I love it. I love that your pieces, have, they always have a great texture, a great uh, movement to them. They also have like depth and, and just like everything is just It's a statement, and I love that. Thank you. Um, I'm glad that comes through the actual pieces because that is the feeling that I feel inside. I can't really explain it. So being able to capture those feelings in the finished um, piece is um, it's really beautiful for me, but what's even more special is that you, as a um, someone who's looking at the piece, touching it, holding it, wearing it, can also get that emotion through the pieces. Oh, trust me, I get that emotion a lot. So can you tell me a little bit about this incredibly beautiful cuffs? Because I saw them yesterday and I really, they, I saw them straight away. And then I, have, I asked you to see them and then I felt the weight and I was like, oh, no, 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 no. This is something outside of the realm of my understanding. <laughs> so can you please tell me a, bit, a little bit about them? Yeah, definitely. So these came about from the um, Worth Their Weight collection, which Michaela Cole wore um, some of uh, the collection at the um, recent Met Gala, the 2023 Met Gala, and Tristram Hunt also wore a, a beautiful pin um, made from the same source of gold from Ivory Coast. And the brief that I had when I wanted to know specifically what Michaela wanted was that she said she wanted to be dripping in gold. And I just knew that that's all I needed to hear. And I, I wanted to make the gold look alive, like it's moving, but also not very obviously in your face gold. And so that's why you have this lovely satin silky finish, but you can definitely see the movement of the gold. And if it's worn in the right direction, then your entire wrist is, is, is dripping in liquid gold. So that's where it comes from. And also the, um, the source of the metal was really important. It comes from um, Ivory Coast, the Iti mine specifically in Ivory Coast, which borders Ghana, where both Michaela and, and I, um, I was born in Ghana um, and Michaela is British Ghanaian. And so it's a really special um, collection for me, but it was even more special that she, she got to wear some of it on, on the red carpet and Tristram as well, you know, because the importance of materials, I think, is something that we all need to consider right now. And um, 
being the director of the VNA, he's very invested in all of that. So yeah, it's it's good. We're doing luxury with um, with a conscience, <laughs> with the commitment of being ecologically friendly and, yes. and responsible. Exactly. Um, can you tell me a little bit because acai um, stamps are outside? Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yes, I specifically wanted the hallmarks to be stamped on the outside of the pieces because, as I said, the journey from mine to maker to the red carpet is um, or just to the normal wearer who isn't on the red carpet everybody's equally as important and so this is not about status um, what what's important for me is the source of the material the people who mind it because without them none of this is possible and so I wanted to make a point of adding that to the the exterior of the piece we usually put these on the inside but no they're very important I value um, these people so much and we it has to be stamped on the outside yeah for some reason it actually means more to me seeing them outside it's just like I, I, I really love can I ask you how much they weigh <laughs> um, I can tell you the exact weight one moment I'll just have a quick look and I'll be able to tell you the exact weight of these bangles when they came in uh, hand delivered because there was, there was so much gold here and so we had to have them hand delivered I'm almost there to tell you the weight 763.89 grams. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Well, I they're a dream. I saw them and I was just like, um, I need to see this. They're absolutely fantastic. And thank you so much for spending a little time with me before this fair closes. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Hello. Um, can you tell our listeners your name? Hi, I'm Mary Damer. Hi, Mary. So I saw yesterday your work and I freaked out for like a second. And I just needed to talk to you about it because it's so insane. So in the best way ever. Can you please tell me about it? Okay, so I live and work in a county in the UK called Cornwall and it's one of the richest areas in the world for minerals. And so I started... Um, researching and trying to find out about the different minerals that you could find and I found that there were minerals there that could be used in jewellery which I didn't know so I contacted lots of collectors and I managed to buy some very rare samples of Cornish minerals which came with the location of where they were found so I got these and then I went and I tracked down the places where they came from, like climbed over hedges, through fences and found the places and then photographed the landscape where they were found. Um, and then the idea was to make a piece of jewellery that relates to that, that landscape. So I've cut the mineral sample um, and made a piece of jewellery um, and then the original mineral plinth the original mineral sample becomes the plinth that the jewelry sits on. So, so can you tell me like the three pieces that we have right now in front of us? Because I saw the first, the amethyst ring, and I just like freaked out just a tiny bit. And then when I heard the story, I like freaked out a lot more. <laughs> so, can, so can you tell me a little bit about these three particular pieces? Okay. So the three that we have here is we've got two of them are amethyst. The f um, one is amethyst and pyrite, and that's more in sort of like a crystal form. And that's from an, uh, an area of Cornwall that's in the center. And that, that ring, I really wanted to reflect this sort of the natural crystal formation and keep it with the sort of like the intention of it being, you know, as natural in its form as possible. And then the next mineral one, which is, um, it has amethyst and smoky quartz running through a mate, like its matrix. And that one, it has, it zigzags. So the ring that I wanted, that I made, I wanted it to reflect the sort of zigzags of the mineral running through. Um, and then the third one is red jasper. And that one, I, that mineral sample, it was hard for me to see whether or not there would be an area of it that would polish nicely. So I was really 
really happy when I cut a piece and then polished it and I just got this really beautiful sort of like crystalline edge and that's from Newlyn which is um, down at the south- most southwesterly tip of Cornwall and um, so I kind of made the gold setting to reflect the raw edge of the jasper. I think that they're absolutely beautiful, the three of them. And then you have some brooches and uh, just that they really connect with the earth. And so it's, I, 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 when I saw them, it, it made me feel like the wearer will be connected to that area because it's just very, like, you, every material that you have on this piece of jewelry is comes from the earth yeah that's right and that's what I love about jewelry is that it's you know that it is all from the earth and then we create something that the wearer wears next to their skin becomes very personal to them but in that way it sort of does connect you back to your landscape and because of all that that's I produce like a little booklet to go with them with the GPS so if the wearer wants if the person who owns them wanted to they could retrace and stand with their piece of jewelry on that bit of land <laughs> and Cornwall's so beautiful so each location is really gorgeous yeah I love that because they can go do a little holiday go and see where 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 in the earth this piece came off and I I'm telling you like I just think that this is just absolutely special you know that I've been like fawning over I've been telling everybody did you see what Mary did so I'm just so glad that you were in the fair and that you were able to do this and like this was like your pandemic project right it was yeah it was yeah it came it was it's the research ga- the pandemic actually gave me the time to go back to the research stage which you know if you have a business and you're running it's really hard to find that focus yeah. and that time so yeah some good things came out of the pandemic i think yeah and it's changed the way that my work has gone now now I'm you know I think have lots more things in consideration when I'm making work now I love that better because it gave you like a sensibility that maybe you had it but you didn't know how deep you had it right and how to utilize it even you know I thought it many times but I didn't know how to connect it directly to my work thank you so much Mary I'm like you know that I'm like in love with these pieces and I really appreciate your time with me no no thank you for sharing your interest and thank you for talking oh bonjour bonjour so maybe you can do it in French (laughs) so can you tell our listeners your name my name is Aurélie de la Santa oh it looks it sounds so much better in French How are you doing? How's the fair treating you? Oh, it's great. Yeah, I'm really spoiled, really happy to be here. I'm wondering why I didn't apply here before, uh, because yeah, it's been really great. Yeah, I'm really happy about it. And how people have reacted to your work? I think very well. They love the design. They loved a lot when they've seen my little animals, and yeah, so they're a great response. I think you have a really nice sense of humor that is just like, I, I love in jewelry. I love whimsical jewelry. I love like a little sense of humor, a little like, you know, sh- you know, like kitschy thing that is just going to be like, it's going to make the wearer happy. So can you tell me a little bit about your inspiration with like about the work being so whimsical? Well, I don't find myself funny. I just do the thing and I find them totally normal. And then when I see how the people react, sometimes I'm surprised because I don't, I don't think it's that funny. But it's great that when people laugh about my, my jewelry. So uh, the inspiration, I mean, I love animals. I always did. And uh, I love to make jewelry. So I use that medium to... Uh, create uh, those little creatures and sh- try to show how beautiful they are uh, to, to my customer. And uh, I always love having the magical world. I all have like visions sometimes in my mind of animals and, and then I really need to kind of create and turn them into jewelry pieces. And I love refined details, that's why I always give them a Mohican inspired from the punk culture, or a chucker, or like shiny eyes set with sapphire stones. So yeah. Well, um, well, we're here talking about the little monkey. 
And, and, and I'm going to interject and say, I don't know, I spent like uh, half an hour talking to you yesterday and you were very funny. I laughed a lot with you. So you are funny. Um, so let's talk about this ear cuff that yeah. it has like a little monkey yeah. telling secrets. Can you tell me about him? Yeah, so that monkey, I call him the whisperer's monkey. And it's uh, actually a little monkey that uh, whispers to your ears. Uh, his little secret for me is more about him sharing his inner knowledge to us. Uh, I always love monkey. I'm a monkey sign. When I was a kid, I wanted to have a monkey. And so it's why I wanted to create a jewelry piece uh, that represents one that kind of uh, makes us dream about the beauty of nature, the beauty of this creature. <laughs> I've lived a lot in India, and you have those beautiful monkeys. Um, called the Langer monkey, I think they call them the silver monkeys. And they are really gorgeous, they live in the temple, and they are like silvery hair with black face. So there, I got that as my inspiration as well when I carve it in wax. And, uh, and it's why he has a black face, uh, where I use black rhodium, and he's paved with pink sapphires to add a bit of uh, grandeur or <laughs> smartness to the animals who get very precious yeah and he has like the, the black little paws and the, and the black little ears too yeah I spent lots of time researching using uh, different material modeling material mm -hmm. the right shape so we can really see what it is it's so easy to confuse uh, uh, the, what is which type of animal it is uh, and then yeah working wax to have as much detail as I can And yeah, for me, I think where the, goal, the world is going now, you know, we, well, we never really respect what we should respect as the nature, the human rights and animals. And so for, for me, it's my way of doing some activism and try to talk about that issue because their space, their living space are getting smaller and smaller every time. We use them as pets, which I don't get at all. Why don't we change the law? It shouldn't be shouldn't be accepted anymore. We just went through a pandemic and then the things are not changing almost. So for me, it's my way of trying to, to talk about that to people. I don't know if they get it. <laughs> and to touch them about that issue as well. Yeah, but, it, but it's good to give them like a, like a little education about like the importance of caring about animals, caring about the, na caring about the environment. Yeah, yeah, because I realize, you know, you look at the Instagram and those videos, you know, I love to look at animals and people who do silly things with animals, but I can't look anymore because you see they have those exotic pets that should be in nature and they just dress them as a doll. And for me, it's so obvious. It's totally unnatural I just don't get it you know and but I'm thinking okay they just don't know because my mom I was really sensitive to that so maybe she taught me that but not everyone has this sense of yeah I don't know mm. I, I absolutely love the work that you're doing you you're You make me happy this trip, I'm going to say. You, you know, I, I really enjoyed it. So thank you so much and have a great rest of the fair. Our listeners, your name? Chiang Li. Chiang Li. So can you tell me about your work and like your inspiration in this particular piece? Yeah, thank you. Um, my piece, my work, um, they inspired by Eastern and Western food, and uh, they are, uh, I think, jewelry and the food share the same emotions, and people really love them, and they want, they all express desire. So I'm exploring the Eastern and Western culture because I'm Chinese and I uh, lived here for four years, and I found it really interesting. Um, the culture behind the pieces, jewelry and food. So that's the inspiration. And this piece of jewelry, that necklace, is, I call it ingredients necklace because that's all the ingredients and the story about how you make a dumpling dim sum. And on the necklace, you can see the ingredients have the chili, ginger, garlic, have the um, uh, mixing bowl and 
onion, flour bag, and cabbage, a rolling pin, and a shrimp. The ingredients, and then you make dough, and the fillings, and wrap it into a jade dumpling. So that's the story about the ingredients. And on the back, the catch also have a jade dumpling. And so when you wear it hair up, you can also see very elegant element on the back. Because it's, it's all about the details with you. I see all your work has like very specific uh, openings and uh, playfulness, and um, it, it really embodies like such a um, I would say like nostalgia to it, and like in from. So the way that I felt it is like because of the way that people feel about food, they can also feel about jewelry, right? Yeah, that's right. Because I think I want the pieces make people smile and happy, and I really like the kinetic and interactive jewelry and the movement when people wearing jewelry. So I have lots of the kinetic pieces, like some of the the ring they can open and necklace they have little secret inside and the people see that they see a beautiful piece but when they look closer as a wow as a little surprise and secret inside that's really make me feel a good way of wearing jewelry and hide a story so how long you been making jewelry for um, I studied in the Royal, Royal College of Art from 2018, so that's the beginning of my journey, and I graduated in 2020. Yeah. Also, oh, you're like a, a newbie, a newbie. So you're part of the graduated um, group and the goldsmiths, right? Yeah. I think that's really nice this year because it's my first year. I'm really honored to be here. I see. How have people reacted with your work? I think I'm so surprised. It's more, you know, so many people they really find it interesting and surprised. So everyone saw the pieces. Wow! So I think that's the most reaction I heard and found it's really interesting. As well. look, here's the dumpling. Look, it's the food. So it's make me feel really happy. I love that. What's the favorite piece of the um, on people that they have seen that they have reacted to? Which one? They, they like actually different ones. So the teapot ring is the one they look very, this one is interesting and so delicate. And then I showed the lid can come out. So they really found no way. <laughs> yeah, that's the one people really fascinated about. And lots of people come back and bring their friends to have a look. Yeah, and also these ingredient pieces and the feast necklace, I think that's a, yeah, it's too like more bigger statement piece they like. Well, I love that you're thinking outside the box. Um, I love that you're creating something really special, really unique, and really you. So that thank you for finding your voice and thank you for talking to me. Thank you very much. It's my pleasure. Yeah. Thank you. Bye. Can you share your name with the listeners? Of course, I'm Isla Gillam. Isla Gillam. How's the show going for you? The show's been really great this year. I had a graduate stand last year, so this is my first proper year, but it's been really lovely. Bit tired, but it's been great. We're like in the last minutes, literally the last three minutes of the show, <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm just like rushing to, to talk to you because I needed to talk to you. Can you tell me a little bit about your inspiration? Yeah, of course. So my main inspiration, my great-grandfather about 50 years ago made a tiara and it was filigree and silver, but instead of putting gemstones on it, he stabbed jelly tots, little sugar-coated sweets all over it. So I never got to see it, but my mum always told me about it. So I've always imagined what it would be like, precious, playful, colourful, half-eaten, and that's kind of where my whole collection started. I absolutely love that. I love that literally all your pieces have been bitten by somebody. Can you tell me the process that you do um, when you start working on it? So I really first start with, a, with choosing stones. That's my, my first um, kind of port of call, really. I choose gemstones um, that I find most delicious, and I'll... Um, 
choose where I want to take the bite from them. So I'll choose like the most delicious side. Sometimes I'll frost them so they look a little bit sugar coated. And yeah, so that's the first part. And then I'll move on to the metal work once I've hand carved all the stones, um, which I do with tiny little diamond um, needle files and wet and dry to polish up. And then all of my metal work is made so that the stones look a little bit wonky, like they've been grabbed in haste or bitten from the band. And they all have little crumbs down the band too, which just completes the little bitten effect. I love the, the, the bite in the back. It's just like such a, like, it's just like, I couldn't even not bite the front, but I have to bite the back just to try it. Can you tell me what do you, um, how do you came up with that? I just love lit little details and I love it in everything from like the rings to even the packaging. So I put like little chocolatey fingerprints over the packaging and I have chocolatier ribbons. Um, so I really love there to be little hidden details across all of the rings. So little bite marks on the back, just it's more so that the wearer can see it than even the people who are who are going to notice the rings it's just a special little detail i actually love it can we talk about that specific ring um because it's, it's frosted but the, then the bite is is more is shiny and then it has like this beautiful stones around can you tell me a little bit about it yeah of course so this one's called sorbet um it's actually one of my favorites but it did sell this week which i'm a little bit sad about so it's Thank you. So it's a lemon quartz um, that I did frost in my barrel polisher and then I created like a really glossy bite mark. Um, what I really like about the bite mark on this one is that it creates almost a window into the stone. So the frosted makes it a bit matte and a bit opaque, but you can see through into the stone. So it really is like biting into a jelly or a gummy. And then I've put it with um, some Rose de France uh, um, amethyst to, to contrast. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm happy that you sold it, at, you know, at least. So that's a good thing. But I understand that that one's one of my favorites from you. So um, can you tell me a little bit about the texture of it on the sides? So all of the, the metal work I like to do with like a satin finish. Um, I chose this finish because it's a lot like chocolate foils um, and I like them to look like they really are and encased in a little wrapper while still referencing fine jewellery so that's why I picked the, the satin finish. Well, thank you so much. Uh, the show just finished. You know, we, it, 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 I hope it was a really great show and I'm going to see you next year, I think, I'm hoping. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to do more exhibitions. Um, hopefully I've strung a sentence together because it's the last day. But yeah, thank you so much. You did great. You did great. Well, thank you so much. And this is the end of week one. <laughs> okay, bye. Can you tell our listeners your name? My name is Emmeline Hastings. Hi, Emmeline. It's been, I feel like I should be singing Reunited. Reunited, and you feel so good. <laughs> you know, um, I haven't seen you in so long. How are you doing? It is very good to be back. I am really well. I am energized. I'm ready for the fair. I'm ready to sell stuff. Yes. Let's go. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Can you tell me about this absolutely magical, beautiful, stunning brooch? Okay. So this brooch was kind of the first piece that I made after kind of coming back f from a period of not making after having my child um, and feeling brain dead for two years. And then this was a piece that just came out, I feel like, almost when my creativity just pop back in my head and it was such a great moment um so it's carved acrylic or lucite for some of your listeners and it is got inlaid 18 karat gold and silver which i do with wire and then also a new process for me um where i have put resin in there as well very subtle resin so i'm carving into the acrylic and then uh pouring resin in It's called Portal Brooch. And what's the meaning of the name Portal? What, where do you came from about? So I think I was looking at it and thinking, what is this? And it, a lot of people did say to me that it looked like a sort of an, uh, a gateway to another dimension. Yeah, so it's a portal. But then also I thought it was quite fitting because of the transition that I've been through in my life as well recently. Um, and changing my life it's like a, a 
a representation of that as well, a portal into a new life. I absolutely love that. And I love how it's just like the dots go from like small, they keep going, growing. And but then there's like this texture inside and this opening. And it just like, it, it looks like a cave. It's such a win, doesn't it? You kind of want to go, you want to go inwards. Yeah, I totally want to go there to a, a, a world of magical jewelry. <laughs> <laughs> and also, it's, you know, it's about the light how it plays on the surface and it looks pretty cool from the back as well yeah so the back is just all soft but it has like like a little it's, so it's flat and then it has like this beautiful dome going yeah. around it it has a faceted edge um so it, it has to have a sort of a flat surface with the with the resin the process that i use with the resin um but i just love i love the kind of dimension of the flat surface for me that's quite new as well the sort of the scale of it can you tell me how you came up with the pattern? That's just all pretty intuitive, actually. That's kind of, I use a pencil to like sketch it out a bit, but um, whilst I'm drilling, I kind of just keep drilling and then I see where it's going to go. I'd, I would only drill the small first and then fill those and then decide what was going to happen next. Oh, it's, it's so stunning. I like, I'm like, I just want to have like a really, like, Textury coats with it and just have it like just like there. I think it needs a really nice chunky knit or like a big woolen jacket or something like that. Something with like bright colors so that it just pops in. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Thank you so much, Emmeline. It's so nice seeing you. I love you so much. <laughs> it was so good to see you too, and I can't believe you're leaving today. I know, I'm really sad, but I am, um, I, I, I always have you in my heart, you know that. And you in mind. Well, thank you so much. Can you tell our listeners your name? I'm Cleo Saskia. Cleo Saskia. I love that name so much. It's like so unique and awesome. And it just has a ring and it's, you don't even, it's your artist name. You know? and it's like, don't you ever change it. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. It's, it's, it's weird to talk to somebody so much taller than me. Well, I don't have my heels on today, so. I know, I know. <laughs> So how's the fair treating you? Fantastic. It's always really nice to speak to people who are genuinely interested in the craft and the story behind what you do. I know. I am one of those. So we have a little tiny frog here. And I, you were telling me a little bit about it. And I'm like a little tiny obsessed with it. So can you tell me more? This tiny little frog, completely life-size, about two centimeters, is the poison arrow frog from Peru, the strawberry poison dart frog. And they are fantastic creatures that live their entire lives around a single plant in the Peruvian rainforest called a bromeliad. It's a plant that has big leaves that come out and create pools within the plant so that the plant has hydration the whole lifetime. But the frogs use this to lay their tadpoles in. And they lay them each one in each little pool and then they come and feed them daily. So the tadpoles grow up in this plant in their tiny little pool the parents sometimes move them from different pool to pool and then once they're grown up they go off on a big adventure and find their own bromeliad to live in. Oh really? So they, they get evicted? Yeah, yeah, after a while. <laughs> Got to make space for more. <laughs> I love that. So what inspired you to create uh, something like this? For me, I've always found such amazing fascination with animals that have personality and interesting behaviours. So I remember so clearly when I was a child rock pooling and the amazement and like, oh my goodness, of finding these creatures that you just like, I don't know what they do. Why are they here? Why do they look like that? And the discovery of those things for me is just kind of fulfilling um, so I really like to find the animals with the most personality the most amazing stories and recreate them in these tiny wearable sculptures in gold and sapphires um, so that they can have their own place on an ornament in the home but then you can actually take them off and wear them daily and show them the world I, I absolutely love that it's just like I'm li just like listening to you I'm just getting excited about it I'm just like yes yes it's like tell me about it and then like this particular one is a bro it's a little pin 
it's a you know for you for men can wear it women can wear it everybody <laughs> and then, but then you also have it as a necklace and it can be like done as pretty much everything right exactly so what I try and do is keep the animals as lifelike as possible because I'm a sculptor by tra- sculptor by training so I try and recreate them and imagine them where they would actually sit if they were real so would they sit on my ear would they hop around on my shoulders would they kind of slink their way up my neckline so with this little frog as the pin you can kind of put him anywhere so he can live on your lapel he can live on your scarf you can even wear him as an earring if you like Um, but that is really what I try and do is kind of recreate them where they would actually sit if they were real yeah, and I love the little textures that you have. And then this one is Black Diamonds. It's Spinel. So it's Australian Spinel. I'm really sapphire. sorry. I'm really sorry. Sapphire eyes. Look at that. It's like so cute. And, uh, you know, like, so he's like a fancy little frog, but he can poison you too. Yes. So that is another amazing feature that poison dart frogs have. Most of them are very toxic. I know. So is it, is it the skin that are toxic? Yes, yeah, so it's their skin. And the, the vibrant colours they have actually warns predators of their toxicity. So most birds and predators know not to eat them. Oh, that is really fascinating. Aren't you a science jewellery geek that I absolutely love? I love your story. I love everything that you're doing with your work. I love the process of your carving. So everybody must, like have to go and visit your page because it's absolutely stunning thank you so much Cleo I really appreciate it and have an amazing show thank you for having me (laughs) of course of course bye good morning Um, can you tell our listeners your name I'm Bola Lion can I tell you how much I love your name (laughs) it's Nigerian so yeah so can you tell me a little first the story of your name because I, I I ask you last time that we met but I love it so when my mum gave birth in sort of central, well London um, the woman in the next bed was called Bola and she was Nigerian so yeah yeah I think it's like a really cute interesting in, in you know in Spanish but I mean small so yeah. it's like I just I don't know it's just like I'm like it's just like a very artistic name for me. This, my mum definitely is an artist, so she's a ceramicist and my dad is a woodworker. So, like, creativity is, like, easy in our family. So my sister is called Brody and the other one is called Inga. So, yeah. So they're, like, universal names. Like, like, like international names, for sure. Definitely. Yeah, no, we were definitely the weird family in the school gra- playgrounds. I love that. I love that. So I met you last year at the fair and you were just graduating, right? No, I have oh, graduated 10 years ago. You did? Yeah, young face. Oh my God, you look like you're 15. Well, I, I will definitely take that. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, graduated like 10 years ago. So I've been working for kind of all sorts of different people in the past. Yeah. So you started your jewelry line a few years ago or you've had it for a... It's done a really weird like evolution so I was doing a lot of silver and porcelain like when I first graduated and that has kind of now just taken the anatomy side that I really enjoyed and went a bit nuts with the golds and kind of went layers and muscles so it's definitely like a different collection. So it's a new collection in a way. So can you tell me about this ring that absolutely captured my heart and and I've been like obsessed with it since I saw it last year? This is uh, my kind of beast of a barrel ring. Um, It's a really unusual cut of stone. So it's kind of crazy facets that send the light everywhere. And and uh, what kind of gemstone is it? It's beryl, so same family as emerald and aqua, just much, much lighter. Yeah, yeah really lovely and clear. Um, then I had some fun with Cad. I kind of, yeah, bought it off of this lovely stonecutter and he kind of said, oh, I've got some settings I can make that will work around this. I was like, actually, the fun bit is going to be just designing around that and trying to make it work. So, yeah, I tried to kind of capture it in a bit of movement and kind of a little bit of stress. So I've got the layers that kind of reach up around both sides of the stone so can you tell me about your inspiration of your work yeah um so it's all kind of yeah anatomy based which feels quite strange but um 
yeah, it all comes from kind of collecting kind of bits of bone and sinews and stuff from like Welsh mountainsides because we were definitely London kids. So going on holiday would be in the mountains scavenging and then going home, boiling bones, seeing what's inside. So we'd have like sheep skulls and all sorts of things and kind of weird filigree that goes on inside their heads. So then that just kind of developed a bit of fascination with it. And there's the Hunterian collection, which is in sort of central London, which is a surgeon's collection. And then they've got amazing plates of like nervous systems and veins. And I just got a little bit too into it. And then anatomy books with like um, the kind of copper plates of etchings of all the muscles and all the kind of surgeon's textbooks that you just, that kind of almost old Victorian style etchings that I love so that's kind of me trying to pull my version out of it into 3D I, I think it's fabulous it is, first of all it's, it's, it's something I've never seen before we, do, we, we try and be different yeah. which for me is very important and then also just like you will, when you look at it first you don't see a muscle you see just like this line, these beautiful lines are very um, not geometric, but because they have a movement, but they're but there's still a geometry on a place. But then at the same time, like but when you learn the story, you can see the muscles, you can see the work, the the, the human body, or like you know, in it, which I found it really fascinating. This I've kind of tried to keep it quite clean because I, I used to my other stuff was slightly more kind of organic but kind of it was slightly more rel- relative to the things I was looking at so it was porcelain that looked like bone so I'd tell people that and there'd suddenly be a shrink back and it, oh god I can't so basically trying to kind of keep it cleaner and also it's quite nice to kind of see people kind of go oh hang on right I get it and then also it not being a direct correlation from the uh, muscle. Well, Bola, thank you so much for explaining this. I, 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 I'm, I'm really excited. You know, I'm a fan and have an amazing show. Thank you. It's been so nice to have you here. Oh, thank you. Bye. Buongiorno, principessa. Buongiorno. Come stai? Bene, tu? Venne, venne. Um, can you tell our listeners your name? Carola Solcia. Carola. I love that name so much. You know, you don't understand. Like I go sometimes and I go Carola. <laughs> Carola. You don't think I say it perfectly, but <laughs> I, I, I love your name so much. Like it just makes me happy just looking at it. So I met you last year at Goldsmith, but you were working with Romilly. Yes. Yes, I still work with Romilly. I'm still one of her translator, which is very nice and very inspiring. I love it. But it's like, I just like, I don't know, like I met you and I fell in love with you immediately. Like I was just like, ah. And then, yes, uh, like last week, people were telling me, it's like, oh, you have to see her work. You have to see her work. And I'm like, I didn't know. He's like, she's showing. And I'm like, oh my God, I have to see. And I'm looking at your work and like, I, I was like very fascinated by it. And I'm like, all right, I have to. And talk to you and then you explained to me and I fell in love with it more so can you tell me a bit about your inspiration yes well um, what inspires me is like the story behind the jewelry which I think you can relate a lot to it and like how people buy jewelry how people carry jewelry and how we keep it even like and we give it to them like a special meaning and a special value that is not monetized often but it's just like sentimental and we keep it we like we store it in a special way even I love going through jewelry boxes of people because often you can find at the bottom of a jewelry box a broken chain a jumble a piece of uh, just a gem so that I've fallen off a pair of earrings or something but we keep it because it's so special to us and it's often uh, in relation with a special moment of our life or related to someone special so what I like like to do with my jewelry is like take this story and put it back in new pieces so I do loads of um, I, I use like iconic piece like iconic uh, form of jewelry that we everyone recognize like a gemstone or a chain and like reproduce it on um, on new pieces from different point of view so instead of a pearl I use like a mother of pearl that is flat and you can see it from a different point of view and become a sort of like canvas to draw and engrave uh, like the pieces that are not wearable anymore mm-hmm. but uh, I still uh, 
special to us and from the pearl I then started to like thinking about memories and like how the memory changed with time and how we like how we perceive things I start using like transparent stone like cornelian like a slice of cornelian and cornelian disc so these like color lenses that we put on on memories and the different angle that we see things and uh, think about um, events in our life or objects or people so like this for example the necklace uh, the cornelian necklace is uh, these loads of uh, cornelian disc which are transparent and have this like beautiful different shade of orange which i also backed with gold leaf and uh, so that gives this interesting texture soft of like extra depth and also this like paper feel so that works quite well with the idea of uh, keeping a memory. To engrave, I started engraving on it, like, uh, and, uh, which, with a laser engrave, which I think it works quite well. And so there's like a knotted chain, an open clasp, that, or a gemstone. And, and then you have also the underlaid of like the, you know, like... Um, cut stones yes exactly yes so, so using this quality of transparency of the of the of the cornelian i can put on the back cut out sheet of silver with like a gemstone with uh loads of a baguette cut gemstone with um diamonds all around but they are kind of falling off yeah. so like capturing that special like that moment of the piece breaking but in a new and a new piece I, I absolutely love it. It's just like, it just has like such a nostalgic yes. feel to it. And it just really, I don't know, it just really warmed my heart seeing it. So I thank you so much for spending some time with me thank and talking you so to me. Thank you for coming here to my stand. <laughs> I, I, you know that I have like, you have a little piece of my heart. You know, you're, I, I, you're so, like, oh, I just want to hug you. All right, thank you so much, Carla. <laughs> thank you so much. Okay, bye. <laughs> Can you give us uh, your full name? Hi, um, my name's Megan Brown, um, yeah, and I'm a fine jeweler. Hi, Megan. I met you last year at Jill Wing, and then I saw your work, and it's week two, right? You're a week two lady. Yeah, no, I do quite like week two. <laughs> Why is that? Um, I don't know. I think a lot of week two exhibitors exhibit at the same time, so you know everyone from the same weeks, which is really nice. Oh, so it's like the gangs, the week, the week one gang and the week two gangs, they're meeting together. <laughs> it's a complete accident, but it always, it's really nice how it works out. <laughs> I love that. So one of the things that struck me about your work is your intricate weaving. Um, is it, you would call it weaving or crochet? What will you call it? Yeah, definitely weaving. Basically, my family have a hundred-year-old um, textile mill in the north of England. So that's how I got into weaving. So it's specifically weaving I really am passionate about. Oh yeah. God. So you grew up learning about it and the history and everything? Yeah, like surrounded by fabrics and I don't know. It was just really, it was like, yeah, I grew up with it. And then I started wanting to create like a new collection and then I realized how much it like influenced me as a designer and I've always loved like sculptural work that's very fluid mm -hmm. and textural and then I realized what I was trying to create was fabric mm -hmm. so I just started looking at maybe creating that in metal and then I really loved the challenge and the restrictions that put on me and then that's really like pushed my work a lot further. Oh I really love that so definitely your childhood like inform who you are as an artist yeah no definitely I think sometimes you don't realize what inspires you specifically until you really like look deep into yourself and like what is it that makes me tick and then yeah it was over lockdown I was just like actually this this is this makes so much sense when you just it's so simple but at the time it was yeah it didn't really work out oh I absolutely love that like I actually kind of love it more like I was like loving your work but now I like love it a little bit more because it has like that that little detail oh that is awesome can you tell me about this ring because it looks very intricate and very difficult to make yeah this one um, I had many iterations of this ring so I kind of I've made it up as um, a solid piece and it the band is solid 18 karat gold and it holds the weaving so I wanted to create 
like this Bombay-inspired piece with the weaving, but I knew I wanted it to be very sculptural and strong. Um, so I created a frame to support this platinum and 18 karat gold um, weaving. And I wanted it to be very fluid and elegant. So when you wear it, it it's very big and sculptural, but then it's very lightweight and you almost don't realize it's on. Like for me, it's like the wearability of the piece is really important. So so how did you make, like created the, the dome form? Because like that for me is like the, the most insane thing. <laughs> So when I start out with my weaving, I actually almost create like a piece of fabric. So I, I create like the bigger shape and then I, I've domed it. So I've forged the actual weaving up. Yeah. Yeah. So it's been um, worked. Um, so then it creates this very elegant structure and then I cut it to fit the piece. So every piece is very much like unique and it's it's the whole process creates the whole piece. So no piece is one of a kind, everybody, it, it, each one has their own personality. Yeah, no, definitely. I think that's the lovely thing about handmade work. Like no matter how much I'd want it to maybe, I'd try and replicate it. At the end, every person has their own unique ring, which is really special. Oh, I really love that. And I love that it has like the silver and the gold. So it's like whenever, if you look at it on one side, it just kind of has like a little more silver and it, like and look at the other side, it has a little more gold. Like it's just like a very versatile piece. Yeah, it, to be honest, when I was creating it, it was like an unexpected addition. Because that's the lovely thing. I don't, I have an image in my head and then as you make it, it comes alive. So as you said, it, it has this reflective quality that catches the light because I use so many really, really fine wires. So it shimmers in the light and then from different angles, you get a different perspective of the weaving, which is, for me, it was, a, it was even as a maker, I was like, oh, that's, that's a nice feeling. It's kind of created its own piece. I actually absolutely love it. Thank you so much, Megan. I really appreciate your time. And now I'm like so much excited about your work, like for some reason. No, thank you. It was really lovely chatting to you. Thank you. Please make sure to go to Instagram to see the pieces that were selected for this episode. I want to take the moment and thank Goldsmith Fair for all support and all your help throughout the years. Thank you to the Alex Monroe team, to the Jill Wing Jewelry team for always making me feel at home. Thank you to all the incredible artists I had breakfast, dinners, tea, and just had great conversations overall. You guys have become part of my family, and I love you all. And a shout out to the ladies that recognized my voice. It felt very surreal, but it was lovely. Especially Natalie. Thanks for being so kind to me. Thank you. Thousand Facets is produced and edited by me. Please visit A Thousand Facets on Instagram to see photos of some of the things we spoke about during the interview. Music by Chris Keys. You can find him on Instagram at Chris underscore Keys underscore underscore. Please remember to rate us on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much. Bye.